With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Calls. I'm Dean Blandino. As always, I got Travis Hansen with me. Travis, what's up? What's up, man? It's been a while, huh? Yeah, it's been a week. About the same time as always. Um, I mean, since we've hung out. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then on audio, Joe, Joe Madrid. Joe, I want to say you're doing a great job. Oh, thank Number you. Number one. Thank you. Handing out compliments. It's getting better every week. The bar was set low, but it's getting better every week. And, uh, and a special shout out, Joe. Great job getting us all this audio equipment from Oscar at Roland's hooking us up with headphones and cables and everything else. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get right into it. Week nine NFL. Let's talk pass interference review. Kind of. We were in this mode going into really last week where the league was you know, almost overboard in terms of not overturning calls. Very consistent. Look, basically sending the message. It's going to have to be something so obvious to overturn a call on the field. And uh, and we did get an overturn last week in the which Indi- you predicted, which I predicted. Thank you very much. In the Indianapolis Denver game, and we were talking about it during the week, and actually in the cube this weekend that. It felt like that might have given the coaches a little bit of a glimmer of hope. And what we did see in in week nine so far is we've had 10 total reviews for pass interference, eight coaches challenges. So you compare that to the previous two weeks where there were only four in each of the previous two weeks. So eight total for the two weeks prior and, and 10 total just this week. So, Coaches a little more aggressive in terms of challenging. One call overturned. It was actually a call that was made on the field for offensive pass interference in the uh, the Vikings Chiefs game, and uh, and it was picked up. There were three reviews in that game: Minnesota, Kansas City, for pass interference review. You had a challenge by by Mike Zimmer on a on a play. The Chiefs completed a pass. You had Sammy Watkins potentially blocking downfield before the ball was caught. Zimmer throws the challenge flag. The call in the field stands. 
Look, I thought this was pass interference. I thought Watkins was clearly blocking downfield. Vikings fans were upset because you go back to a Dalvin Cook play week two against the Packers. Took away a touchdown. Took away a touchdown for uh, for Stephon Diggs, and that was called pass interference. I thought that was probably less of a foul than this one on Watkins. Zimmer's losing it, too. And, yeah, Zimmer kind of lost his, his mind a little bit. Understandably so, but this is this is the subjectivity of this call, and and uh, you know obviously they felt it wasn't it wasn't clear and obvious. But when you're talking about blocking, and we've been using this language consistently throughout these conversations, you're talking about pass interference, and the language says it's a contact that significantly hinders your opponent's ability to make a play on the ball. Significantly hindered is in the book, but that does not apply. That language doesn't apply to blocking downfield. The, the the significantly hindered language isn't in the article that that applies to blocking downfield. So you're either blocking downfield or you're not. Right. And it and it did look like it did look like Watkins was blocking downfield. Call stood. Um, and we got a very interesting into the first half, two reviews initiated by the replay booth and uh, one actually took away a pass interference call on Laquan Treadmill that was called on the field. And I thought that was a good decision, and we were talking about it in the studio, and I thought that was a good de- decision because the defender actually initiated the contact with Treadwell. And when you talk about a, a receiver, what can a receiver do? A defender can initiate contact within five yards, and uh, and the receiver can use his hands and arms to get off of that contact to get into his route. He can't. He can't push off into the body, but he can swim through. He can use use his hands to try to work through that contact. He did a nice nice job, like sidestepping on that. Sidestep, yeah. swim through, and uh, and so thought it was a good job. I thought they did a good job of picking that that flag up, yeah, and, and and it negated, um, took the foul away, and it actually ended up being a nineteen yard gain for the Vikings, and then and then a little bit further. Um, I believe in that in that drive, the replay official stopped the game to look at a uh, a potential pass interference, defensive pass interference contact on Kyle Rudolph. It was interesting because we were doing the game, and uh, it was it was Kevin Burkhart and Charles Davis who were on the call, and the referee, you know, the referee has no idea. The referee's on the field. The referee gets word from upstairs that we're going to take a look at the play for possible pass interference, but the referee doesn't know it's. 32 or 47. So we're sitting there and trying to figure out what contact are they looking at? Normally it's pretty obvious. It's where the ball is, but this, you had several, you had defenders and receivers in the vicinity of football. There were, I think there were um, four, you know, two, two defenders, two receivers. So it was questionable as to who they were actually looking at, but we finally went through and, uh, and the call in the field stood. But again, it goes into the subjectivity of this call. And, and now, you know, are you going to, are you, are mechanically as a replay official, are you looking at every eligible receiver inside two minutes or on a touchdown pass to see if there's offensive pass interference or on an interception to see if there's defensive pass interference? I think the league has done a really nice job of not stopping the game um, an, an inordinate amount of times, but it does, you know, the potential is there as we get into these two minute windows and, and on scoring plays and turnovers when it's automatically reviewable. But uh, I think as a fan, this is when you want to see them stop it for sure though. Wouldn't you agree, Joe? Absolutely. 
Nice job, Joe. Yeah, Great, you got it. I, you know, I, do, I, I do have a question for you, Dean, on the on the Treadwell play. Yeah. And what's the on-field official seeing to even throw that flag in the first place? Yeah, you, you know. Okay, so so you have Treadwell was the widest receiver on that side of the field. What you'd call the number one receiver. If you're looking at you go you go outside in, and depending on the formation. Um, the widest receiver would be number one, and then inside of him, two. You could have three to that side. Um, so one, two, three going from the sideline, the boundary in. So the number one receiver, the widest receiver in the formation is the deep wing official's responsibility initially. That's the side judge or the field judge. That's the official that's on the sideline, typically 18 to 20 yards downfield. They can cheat a little bit on third and long, um, but typically 18 to 20. And so the official will look at that. They will find, the official will find a mark, a point of demarcation, a landmark that will, in his or her mind, say, that's my five-yard zone. Yes. Right? So so that, once the contact goes past that five yards, now I have potential illegal contact. So they have that. They're looking at who's initiating the contact. Yeah. Is the defender moving laterally into the receiver? Is the receiver trying to to run a route? Is the receiver pushing off? Is the receiver trying to swim through? So they're looking at all of this. And I think from that official's angle, he did see Treadwell kind of try to swim through with his left arm. And maybe in his mind, he thought that was an extension of the arm, a push off. Got it. Throws the flag. Because again, remember, we get the benefit of looking at these replays from camera angles most of the time that are not the perspective of the official, right? Because, you know, it's a high camera, it's an end zone shot. Very rarely do we actually see the official's perspective. So it could look different. You know, a lot of the networks are doing, you know, official hat cam. And so that, that technology has gotten better to where it's not, it's not so kind of shaky to where you can get a really good look, but that's what the official would be looking for in that situation. So it's very likely he just saw him swimming and, and he, at that angle, could look like he was pushing off or initiating the contact. Exactly. And exactly. And I think that's, I think that's what happened. And, uh, and obviously, you know, with the benefit of replay, and I thought they did, a, they did a nice job of picking the flag up and a good job of just stopping it inside of two minutes because we've seen plays where it looked like pass interference, whether it was inside two or on a scoring play, and they, they didn't stop the game. So I thought that was a good yeah, job. it was great to see that. Yeah, and, I like that. that how that whole thing played out. Cause I, when I was looking at it, I was just like, there's no way that's just a bad call. And we like good calls here on. Good we calls. do like good oh, calls. Joe, great work. <laughs> great job there. I could see like he was setting that up. The wheels were a turning mile away. He was setting that up. Do you think they ever kind of sneak a peek up to the TV and go, eh, you know what? Maybe the video should, board in the yeah. stadium, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That is, you will see from time to time. And some, some crews are very good at it. Some crews are not so good at it, but you will see, watch, you know, when you get a bunch of officials together, and I think this is, is, has lessened over the years as replay has become more involved, but you'll have a group of officials discussing it, and then you'll have one official like kind of off to the side, but you'll see him kind of peeking up at the, you know, at the heavens, and he's looking up at the video board, and he may just nod like, yeah. Can we get these guys sunglasses yeah, so no. they can just... Well, you know, officials can't wear sunglasses, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, but that does happen from time to time, and... Uh, Look, they, you want to get it right for and, sure, and but again, at not at the expense of of extraordinary delay to the game, and then I think that's important too. Uh, and then uh, you know the last one that before we get into just some stats, there was Devontae Parker in the in the um, Jets Dolphins game was 
was called for offensive pass interference. The Dolphins challenged and the call stood. It looked kind of similar to the to the Treadwell play with the defender actually initiating contact and then Parker trying to get off of that contact. There may have been a little bit more of an arm extension and and so I can I can understand a little bit more um, why they let this call stand, but very similar. But again, it, it just underscores the subjectivity of these calls. And we're not replay was really put in to to fix the obvious error and to allow the technology to help us see things that we couldn't see in real time. Right. Well, these calls we're seeing them in real time, but it's just judgment. And in in my judgment, I didn't think it was enough contact to significant significantly hinder. And now we're just replacing one person's judgment with another. And so it doesn't make Who gets it, to look at it multiple times. Yeah, and, I guess. And, and so now, you know, and you know, if you slow something down, you, you guys have watched enough football to know that if you watch something in real time versus slow motion, it looks different, especially when you're talking about contact with, with between players. And I think that's just something we have to... Joe and I talk about it all the time in the Cube, too, how quickly you can see stuff that I had no idea was even happening. And, and you'll see it on the screen when we're watching it, like... It's just amazing how quickly you see it. So these guys on the field are incredible as well. It's incredible. And I've, I've watched thousands and thousands of hours of tape from an officiating lens. So mm-hmm. so that's just that's just reps. But these guys on the field, the officials on the field, it's unbelievable how much they get right. And and we're sitting there going, you watch, you know, you watch a spot at the, the spots. At, man, at that's the spots what, yeah. or, you know, at, at the goal line when the ball is six inches short of the goal line and we're we're waiting for a goal line shot and we go, oh, there it is. That, he, that official made the call in real time. Yeah. And they here saw is it the once. sixth replay we've seen of different and, angles. And so it's really, it's really impressive. Um, pass interference reviews, I, I talked about, you know, 10 total this this week, week nine so far. And, uh, and, and so they were going into the week. There were 52 total reviews, eight reversed. So this week so far, we had 10 more. So it takes us to 62 with one being reversed. So unofficial numbers as of right now. And, uh, and when we just look at just a kind of a summary of where we are in terms of the game itself, penalties are still up. So going into week eight, or, or I'm sorry, going into week nine, we were at 17.84 per game, which is up from 15.91 per game. Again, that that sweet spot, that historical kind of average has been right between 15 and 16 a game. And uh, and so we're still up, but I, I would, and this is not a bold prediction because this is based on years and years of seeing this. I would imagine second half of the season, and especially as we get into the later, the later weeks, we're going to see the penalty numbers drop. You know, not significantly, but we're going to see that number drop. And I would, I would imagine, if we're at seventeen point eight per game by the end of the season, I think we'll be somewhere in the sixteens. I really do, because um, you do see those numbers start to drop as the season goes on. Um, you look at game time. Game time is is relatively close to where we were last year, 306.18 compared to 306.10. So I, I don't think game time is an issue. I know the league is is really trying to eliminate some of that downtime, and I think they're really trying to get as close to three hours as possible. I think three-hour game is is almost impossible with the number of, of commercial breaks and, and replay and everything else. But not significantly up. The one thing that does concern me 
is the number of plays. And, and, and we've talked about this is right now, at least through week eight. So going into week nine, 153.6 plays per game. That's offense, defense, special teams. Um, that's a low number. Okay, it may not seem like a lot, but that's a low number um, compared to 156.4 in 2018, 155.2, 2017, 157.3, 2016, 158.1, 2015 through eight weeks. So when you start to drop 153, 152, you know, we haven't seen it drop below 150 um, since the 42nd clock went in, went into um, was implemented in 1993. Really important that that number, when you talk about the health of the game, plays are your, you know, I, I never, I don't like, there were a lot of people at the NFL that used to call it a product. I don't like to call it a product, but for, for lack of a better term, that's your product. You're, you, you are giving the public and your fans and everyone plays. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't watch the game to see the officials. They don't watch the game to see, you know, the coach on the sideline. They want to see, Aaron Rodgers throwing an unbelievable touchdown pass, you know, to Jimmy Graham. They want to see Tom Brady. They want to see, you know, Patrick Mahomes. They want to see see these guys that are the most unbelievable athletes in the world. And plays are what gives the fans the game. And and so that's really important that that number we continue to watch it. And uh, and I would love to see that number start to rise. I do worry that it may not because as the games as we get into colder weather. And we start running the ball more, and and in inclement weather, um, less plays, and that's been again consistent throughout history. That plays have tended to go have tend to go down as the season goes on. So, again, um, just some stats on the health of the game, and we'll continue to update those as we go along through the season. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little. Use of the helmet. We're going to talk about when it's okay, Travis, to throw your shoe on the Who football the shoe? field. Should throw your shoe next on Good Calls. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance, helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM, let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. 
Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, we're back on Good Calls. A lot of discussion about Sky Judge, video official, that concept. I thought there was a, a really good example of a play on Sunday in the, it was actually in the London game, Houston, 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 Houston and Jacksonville. And uh, it was in the second, or no, I'm sorry, the third quarter, and, and Calais Campbell hit Deshaun Watson. Watson was running, and Calais Campbell came in and hit him, and the official threw the flag for use of the helmet, and that's initiating, lowering the head and initiating forcible contact with the with the helmet. And, and look, that's a tough call. Officials... I mean, the, the the number of times a player, you know, lowers his head and there's contact with the helmet, this is a really tough call. And uh, and the official saw Calais Campbell lower his head, which he did, but he missed him with the helmet. You know, it looked like he got him with the shoulder. Maybe, maybe there was a graze with the helmet, but it certainly wasn't forcible. That's a 15-yard penalty, pretty major significant. Penalty. And there was, I thought it was a, a good illustration or a good example of a play where had there been a video official, Sky Judge, that could just quickly get in the ear of the official and the referee and say, hey, there's no foul, pick up the flag. And even before, and I think this is so important, this is this concept, for this concept to work, that information has to be passed along before the penalty is enforced. Okay, so so even if it's before the announcement, and again, that's going to depend on when the angles are available and things like that, but the le- we don't want the penalty to be enforced, march off 15, and now we say, no, there's no foul. Now we got to go back. Where, where are we putting the football? It almost becomes another replay review. What right. For a video official sky judge to work, it has to be seamless, and it has to be as soon as the flag is thrown, they're talking about it, the referee, you know, yeah, you have wireless communication. What do you have? We've got a use of helmet foul. I'm looking at it. No, it's not there. Pick up the flag. Could this this sky judge con, side judge sky judge concept? Excuse me. Come into play if you had like a control center who had all the angles, and that control center could look at it and and call down into the referee. Yeah, it definitely could. And I think the, the the NFL is looking at that concept of of there's systems out there that allow you to take in multiple camera feeds. So right now. The replay system is taking in what the program feed, which right. is what the truck is 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 basically, you know, sending out. What everybody sees at home. What everybody sees at home, and uh, and so you are waiting for the the truck and the producer to choose an angle and then show it. And so what this system would allow the people in New York, the replay official, whoever has access to it, they would have access to multiple camera angles immediately, so they could go through and pinpoint the right angle and say no, it's not a foul or it is a foul. And and I think 
not that I don't ever want to see a day. I think it would just be too cumbersome for every call to be confirmed by by a video official. I think the video official, Sky Judge, where that could work, it's when it's clear that it's not a foul. That hey, not a foul. Pick up the flag. Let's keep it moving. And I think that's I think that's really. Could important. you see that happen with replay as well, where you're not going to stop and have them go through the whole thing of looking under the hundred percent, hundred percent. One of the things that drives me wild, and I know we talk about it in the studio, is when. Um, and it happens more in the college game is when they're going to overturn the call in the field and then they start writing on the card. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I get it. It drives you, you nuts. You, you start like fuming. They're writing down, okay, what's the next spot and all that thing. But my point is you have wireless communication. The referee can be speaking. When the referee's getting that information from the replay official, the referee can just reiterate it. And then the officials that can hear the referee, they can start putting the ball where it needs to be, getting ready to reset the clock, the chains, the down marker, whatever it is, I think the process can be more efficient. And uh, and again, that will continue to we'll work through that and continue to uh, you know get better and get get more efficient. And, to let uh, people get inside of the queue, but we do a little more. Like you're doing that with the game producer; they're giving us the shots, and you're looking at it and saying, yeah. "Okay, what they're talking about here." When when we're not on the air, you're telling them in the ear, like, "Oh, this is what they're writing. This is where the ball is going to be. This is how much time is going to be back on the clock." So essentially, that person could be doing that for for the league. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that's and that's one of the things. It's one of the goals, is and you hear it a lot where people say. Hey, we can see it. What's taking them so long? Well, there, there's just built-in delays in the process. The referee coming over, put the headset on, looking at the the little device there, getting the getting all of the new spot information, and the uh, human element, the human element. You know, so again, that's that's all going to happen as technology continues to get better, and I think these processes are going to become even more efficient. Um, so Indy Pittsburgh, this was an interesting play. I didn't see it. I didn't see it live. And uh I didn't see it live, but it was it was Pittsburgh, it was a Pittsburgh defender, Steven Nelson, and he lost his shoe. And and the game clock was running, the play clock was running. He lost his shoe and he like it was almost as if like he expected everybody to stop. Yeah, he's what like they were waving doing. at the official with he's his shoe. Waving his his official. It's kinda like Joe when Joe gets a new pair of Nikes, Jordans, he comes in waving it and he's like, Oh, Hey look, guys, look at me. Look hey, at me. look at me. Look at look at these Jordans. But Waving his and so the mechanic there is look especially the game clock's running you gotta you gotta figure it out get the shoe back on we're not stopping the game because if if the officials stop the game for something a a non safety related equipment issue then you could potentially manipulate the clock inside yeah, two minutes take your shoe off take your shoe off so and it was funny because he's waving his shoe and then he goes to the ground and and I didn't see the official but I'm pretty sure the official told him get up because he wasn't hurt <laughs> and he ended up having to play the down with one shoe and but he the interesting thing was where he put his shoe well then then he he threw his shoe <laughs> into the offensive backfield and it didn't interfere with anything, but certainly could have been, you know, if that had hit the the quarterback or it had interfered with the, the operation of the snap, that could have been delayed game. It could have been unsportsmanlike conduct. Bottom line is officials don't stop the game, especially when the game clock's running, to, to fix a, a, a non-safety equipment issue. 
And uh, and so you the players have to figure that out, and they either get to the sideline and get a sub in, or they fix their shoe, tie their shoe, whatever it is. But it was it was pretty funny to it see. It didn't that. appear that he was throwing it at anyone. But what if he did throw it at someone? Like, is that going to be like the same as throwing a punch? Is that ejectable? And- no, 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 no. It's not. Obviously, you weren't just listening when I said that it could be delay a game or it could be unsportsmanlike conduct. So, again, but I'm saying if he like throws this thing, get at, your like, head in the game. Okay. Anyway, wardrobe <laughs> malfunction. Anyway, gate. you're on a. You're on a word count now. Yes. Um, let's let's shift gears. Let's go. Let's talk a little college football. And uh, got a big game coming up: Alabama, LSU, one and two in the uh, in the AP poll. But y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28. Now <laughs> roll time. Roll time. I love that. <laughs> so um, Tuesday we get our first CFP rankings, and a lot of speculation. I mean, this is like, I mean, it feel like the 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 stuff that goes into this all of the the computer rankings and the and the strength of schedule and all this stuff but the bottom line is we're going to get the first CFP rankings on Tuesday and I, I want to see I want you guys we're all going to give us your top 4 teams so Joe who's going to be give me 1 through 4 um in the CFP rankings what do you got I got Ohio State at number 1 I think they're the most balanced team they got the best defensive player old Chase Young Number two, I'm going LSU. They've got the Heisman favorite, Joe Burrow. Uh, then I'm going Bama. I love their wide receiving core. And they got Tua. And, I mean, they're Bama. I mean, will they have Tua? Will he be back? Will Tua be, you know. If He'll two, be back. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm just, for four, I'm just going with the defending champs, uh, Clemson. So, pretty, I'm not going out much of a ledge there. but No, no right. I'm not going out on a limb either. I got the same teams, but I got Clemson and, and Ohio State flip-flop because they're the champion. You got to just keep them at the top. Like Intel, somebody thrones them. You just leave them at the top. So I got Clemson, LSU, Bama, and Ohio State. I think we all have the four teams the same, <laughs> but I'm the only one that has them in the right order. Okay. Um, so I'm going LSU. Ohio State. This is this is not necessarily who. This is the prediction for yes. the CFP, right? Yes. So, LSU, Ohio State, Bama, and Clemson. That's that's your order. Mark it down. That's what's going to. We'll talk happen. about this next week, and we'll talk about it next week. But so a if big, you're listening big, on Wednesday big, and Thursday, big 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 game coming up on Saturday. Huge. A couple big games. Big Big Ten matchup. Undefeated Penn State, which is not that surprising, but undefeated Minnesota Gophers. Gophers. The Gophers. Row the boat. Row the boat with PJ Fleck. All right. Um, now let's go. Let's talk a little Major League Baseball. Not, you know, this was something not that we're experts. I'm certainly not an expert in baseball rules. But I did think it was interesting in that you had the World Series. Look, the Nationals end up winning um, the World Series game six. There was a controversial call in that game, and it involved Trey Turner. It was in the seventh inning, which was a pivotal inning. Washington ended up blowing it open in that inning, but it was a pivotal, could have been a really pivotal call where Trey Turner was called out for, for running out of the baseline. He, and he hit, he hit the first baseman's glove and, uh, and knocked the ball out. And this was, it was interesting because I was texting with a, a friend of mine who's a major league umpire and, uh, and what he was saying, and, and, and he was kind of frustrated in that there's no, he said, there, "We don't have a Dean Blandino," and I was very appreciative of the the, the, the compliment. But he said, "We don't Are you have sure a, he didn't say we Mike don't Pereira? have a Dean Blandino." He did not say Mike Pereira. <laughs> he might have said Gene Steratore, but he said there there's no Dean Blandino for for Major League Baseball, and and it was interesting because I hadn't really thought about it because, um, 
you know, a lot of the, you talk about the baseball rules and some of the baseball rules that we talk about are, are the unwritten rules. And, uh, but this was a straightforward and he was very adamant. Look, that umpire made the right call. Absolutely made the right call. Made the right call. That Turner was, he, and if you watch it, he was never in the baseline. Never. He was inside the baseline the entire way. Now he can. He, he stayed in a straight line. Stayed but he's in a straight line, but he was inside. And so it was a great call, big moment, World Series, umpire making the right call in that moment in real time. And then you have people that don't necessarily know the rule that are kind of, you know, not necessarily, you know, roasting the umpire, but but maybe they weren't explaining the rule right. And so it, it was frustrating for, for my friend who's an umpire, and I would imagine for, for other people that are in baseball and other umpires, that to say, here's a big stage, big call nails it and and we don't have somebody that can go out and uh and and explain it the right way so i think that's something and i know look the fox you know we have the world series i'm sure that's something they're looking at maybe it's just they don't have the right person in mind i look i i I love baseball but i don't i don't have the experience in baseball i i can't i don't have the credibility and and i would be guessing half the time so any umpires that are retiring you know give us a call give us a call hey listen i i was an umpire for eight uh eight Eight-year-olds. I think I'm going to do this. College, You're out. So let me know. You're yeah, out. I'm, I, I'm fully available except on the weekends because I'm over here with you guys. Here, so. here was a question that I always think about, and I always talk about this with people, friends I'm watching games with. In softball, you have the orange bag, which they'll never do in a baseball. There's too many traditionalists. But what if you just, since you can't run on the inside, but the base is inside the base path, why not put that orange bag next to it in foul territory where you're supposed to be running, and then you have your bag for the base runner and then your bag for for the fielder at first base, like why why can't you put that in? No one will ever do it, but uh, I, yeah. I, it's great in it's great in softball. It's good for player safety. Travis, hey. we, you you sure you want to tell people that you play softball this week? Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's a great game. It's fun. It's competitive. There's nothing wrong with softball. Well, it's a great game. But I, I think it's an interesting concept. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't know if that, how happened. that how that impacts. Um, a lot of times, it's the the umpire. From what I've from what I've been told, for for guys and people that I know that umpire, it's a lot of times it's the sound. It's it's the foot hitting the bag and and the and the ball hitting the glove that helps them. So I don't know how that would impact that if it's if it's you still have a mic right next. Yeah, to Yeah, I mean bags. you certainly you certainly would still hear it. I would imagine. Um, I do like the idea because you do see you do see base runners sometimes step on the the ankle or the foot mm-hmm. of the first baseman. That's that can be dangerous. But, uh, you know, again, baseball is a very traditional and every sport has their traditions. Uh, I'd like to see it happen. I'm saying every right baseball now. player knows that you have to run between that the line that's on the right side of the outside of the of the the base. Yeah, it's a three foot three. Yeah. You know, that between every, that we, everyone foot. knows. That. But then and you have you, to turn at the end to get to the back. You can. But the thing is, if if your last stride step takes you inside the baseline to get to the base, that's OK. So if he had done that, that would have been OK. And uh, it's just interesting. Um, that good call though. It, Give me the it, second bag. It was it was a great call. It was a good call for promoting the show, but in reality, it was a, it was a great call. So uh, you know, let's let's take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna have a little fun. Go inside the cube. We'll go inside the brain of Blandino, and we are gonna get to the bottom of daylight savings time next on Good Calls. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, 
and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back to Good Calls. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about something happened over the weekend that, that I've struggled with from time to time, understanding the reasons behind it. And that's the whole daylight savings, fall fall back, spring forward. So we fell back this past weekend, this weekend, and we added an hour. So at, at, at 2 a.m., apparently, right, whatever time zone you're in, the clock goes from 2 a.m. back to 1 a.m. So you gain an extra hour, which is great. I love fallback. I like when it gets dark early. I'm weird like that. I also thought next Friday was better than Friday, but we can get into that at another time. Um, so we were talking about this in the cube. Explain to me, Travis, why, at least why do we have daylight savings? Why is it a thing? Why does Arizona and Hawaii basically say, F you, we're not doing it? And uh, and I know we had talked initially about you thought it was something I thought about it was farmers yeah to do with farming and another guy which we is asked. clearly an urban myth but it, it's not, not I mean, it, it can't be an urban myth if it's about farmers it, it came so in like a, it was first proposed back in it's the like a early, country myth but in like 1785 I think something like that with Benjamin Franklin he brought it up and and then and then again it came up in 1895 by by uh, by the folks in in Britain and and they had it then we adopt the Germans adopted it in the world war one. And then we adopted it shortly after that as a way of saving energy, which I call bullshit. Somebody in the cube did predict that. Do you guys want to 
Yeah, you predicted that it was yes. because of saving energy, yes. but we have since debunked that. Myth. I don't think we because there's it. been studies since then. In 2003, 2008, there's been studies that said it doesn't it doesn't save any energy. Well, to that, me, well, no, but still, the theory is to save energy. Okay, the theory is the theory is we're going to give you more daylight, right? So in the spring, in the spring, we're gonna we're gonna move the clocks up. So at five o'clock, right? We're gonna move the clock. It's really four o'clock. Yeah. So it's going to be at eight o'clock when it should be dark and wherever, depending on where you live, it's really seven o'clock. So it's going to be lighter later and that you won't use electricity to light your house and stuff. Exactly. Right. But you still use but it in the morning. Okay. But you're still be using it in the morning because no, it's asleep. darker. Okay. But you're still getting up at the same time. That's my point. Like you're getting up. And it offsets the cost of using your AC in the but, summer months. Okay. I don't understand that at all. But but that study also <laughs> took that into account. And, but then in the fall, you're you're doing the opposite. So whatever energy you saved for those six months, you're right because now it's darker earlier. So I got to put my lights on earlier. I don't know, Dean. You're ar you're arguing with Benjamin Franklin. I'm not. So you're not yeah. going to win this well, one. Obviously, but I think I think well, it we, took a hundred years for the for the folks. In so so here's what this this created this this debate and this conversation of alarm clocks on the night of fall back spring forward. And so we have, we have a, a, a real audio guy that works with us in the studio, um, Goldie and Goldie has to set his alarm on, on Saturday night. Cause we Sunday had the London morning. game. We so had we had to be game. in at six thirty AM. But he, he comes in, he sets his alarm at 2 AM Sunday morning, right? Saturday night, Sunday morning. He said, sets his alarm at 2 a.m. And he didn't know with the time change, what time should I set my alarm? So he got so out of whack that he just set a timer. That I'm going to get six said, and a half hours I have hours to wake up at the, I have to wake up in six hours. I'm going to set a timer because I don't know because I'm thinking about it. Like if I set the thing at two o'clock, it's really one o'clock. If I do it on my phone and set it at two, is it going to jump to one? And then so... Either way, he thought he was going to be an hour early or an hour late, so he set the timer. Well, there's also studies saying that there's there's increased heart heart attacks during this time of year, and then there's also accidents in cars. So it's like, well, it, it's some people just can't handle the stress of life. I I woke up travel. before my alarm went off, and it's just it, it it causes too much stress. I think. And that's your audio guy? He doesn't even know how the phone works. Okay. So the real audio. Oh, guy. you're the same guy that you said you you go to you go to Arizona a lot sometimes, right? You have like a like yes. a, a vacation share or whatever it is. Yes. And it's on the border of Arizona, Nevada, and California. And you're the one that's like, I don't know what time it is. Well th that's that's different because it's constantly changing everywhere. You go to you go to Walmart at six, you come home, it's now five. Well, you're picking up all the different cell towers. You got younger. Yeah. That's like when you fly when you fly to Australia, like it's just because they're ahead. When you fly home, you actually get younger. But anyway, but Travis, I thought I had a great idea. Travis, give us your idea. So what, we thought, what should we do? How could we do this so we didn't have to deal with this anymore? Why can't we go to universal time? So we just we pick some time zone that this is gonna be the time we're gonna go on. Everyone's gonna go to a military style um zero to twenty four. Twenty four hour. Yeah, twenty four hour clock. And then everyone's going to be, whether it's daytime or nighttime, you're going to be on that time and that's it. 
But then, of course, we saw holes in that as well. Because there's, there's that definitely things like songs, like working nine to five. Because <laughs> in London now they're working Dolly Parton's nothing. She would never get on board. It is. It on. does. It does. But I do. I do like that concept of everybody being on the same time because I have to explain to my mom pretty much every <laughs> week because my mom lives in New York. I live in California, and she. I have to explain to her that because the the Giants game, whatever game she's watching, because it starts at 10 a.m. in California and 1 p.m. in New York, I don't know the winner before she does. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's still the same time in the universe. Like, it starts, she's like, what time is it starting? I'm like, well, it's 10 a.m. out here. It's like, oh, so you'll know before I do who's going to. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. Um, if it did, we'd have you at the casino. Yeah, we'd have we'd you at have the sports book. Dollars. But, but yeah, so I have to explain that to her. But, but universal time would be amazing. But again, there's holes in that because then you'd businesses and you'd have to figure out, well, in Tokyo, it's what are they doing at 0700? They're sleeping or they're, you know, so it's tough. So that was, but there was another tidbit that came up as part of the discussion. So what we, what we thought about then after that was people will figure it out. We just, we would, we're, a, we're an adaptive you know, human beings, so we can human. we can change human. We can adapt to it. And and one thing we came up with that that Scott came up with in the cube was was a thing called Dagen H Day. It's, it was a, it was a thing in 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 Sweden in 1967 where at this time they they you know made this highly publicized for a while that at this time we're going to switch from driving on the left side to the right side of the road. What? Yeah. So they, so in, this is insane. I think this is the greatest thing ever. This, Look I had it up no on, idea. It's I the no greatest idea. thing, dog and age. And they just said, okay, we're going to go at this time on this day. Everybody's going to go from the left side to the right side. And if I'm, if I'm in Sweden, not that I want to, I'm like getting my lawn yes. chair and a Ice cooler chest. and I'm going to an intersection. <laughs> I'm just watching the mayhem. That's going to take place. Yeah. So there, there, was, there was a time for five hours you couldn't be on the road from like one to six. You couldn't be on the road. And then at 450 was the time that it switched. Could you imagine like in L.A.? Imagine New York City. <laughs> imagine some of these places. The not mayhem. It would be. I wouldn't. I'd be like, I'm not driving. I'm not. I'm not no, going you out. Take a week off. Oh, easily a week off. <laughs> Unless you have a car that drives itself. Oh, then maybe. God. Have you guys oh, driven? Hey. Have you guys driven on the other side of the road? I have. Yeah. Yes. I yes. I didn't find it that hard to to make the adjustment. You got to you it's there's turning is is an adjustment. Yeah. And you know what's an adjustment? The first time I went to London was crossing the street, knowing which way to look. Right. That's right. that's an that's adjustment. That's where Americans get hit by cars. Cuz you cuz you always know like you're crossing the street in in America and you look right and then first, yeah. right? And that's where it's dangerous. And they actually have in London they have arrows that tell you which way to look because, you know, obviously that, that's there's fewer and fewer places that drive on the left side of the road. But I just think that's so amazing. Well, another crazy thing. They about just it, switched. No social media either. How do you get the word out? Like if you're living on a farm in Sweden and you don't pay attention to the uh, media or anything like, like this. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm going to go out and get some whatever at the market today. I feel like if I had the DeLorean, I would go back in time to that day. Just, <laughs> just to watch that the day. What is right? September 3rd, 1967. Just to check it out. Now, obviously, you know, 67. Yeah, back to the Future 4. You got old people just yeah, like, it's just crazy. It's just, like, imagine just trying to do that today. Like, just with social media, the amount of hype and people, and it would be insane. The uproar. It would be insane. The other thing, the other thing, I think we figured out the daylight savings is a sham. Um, and, but the other amazing thing that happened in the studio this weekend in the cube was the camel. 
video. <laughs> oh my god, the camel video, please. If you haven't seen it, um, it's I don't know. It went viral. I don't know how long it's been running around the internet, but it's first time we had seen it's it. It's got like four and a half million it's views now. This couple <laughs> that are somewhere in in a, a you know uh, it's probably somewhere in the Middle East. It's probably you know it looks like a desert climate, and they're doing some kind of camel riding in and. They, they, it's a, it's I a, giggle thinking about it. This poor camel and whoever did the video kind of put, just trust me, just do, just do camel, funny camel video. In camel fail. Camel fail. Or you can see it on the Good Calls Instagram page. You can we put it on it the good calls, good calls Instagram page. It's this couple and there, you know, there's some, there's some weight involved. <laughs> And but this poor camel is really trying to get up on four legs and it just can't do it. And this person who posted the video put the the Titanic song with um, a recorder, on, someone a playing recorder a recorder of like a kind of <laughs> Which like that's a, comedy in itself, kind of like a bad version of it. And it is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I needed, I needed. I, I needed some cheering up because I'm out of the survivor pool. Uh, and I bought my way back in and I'm out of the survivor pool. And just a quick update. I, I bought um, our colleague Luther, who's a big Cleveland Browns fans. I bought his pick from him. Okay. Cause everybody has a price and he obviously had one. And uh, there were and a lot so, of toss up games. And this there was week. a lot of toss up games. So I thought it would be fitting since it was Luther's pick and he hadn't picked them and I hadn't picked them yet that I would go with the Browns. Right. So toss up game. Like it was no, there was no gimmies this week. And and I think the NFL, that's great. Well, that's yeah, what's great that's about the, the NFL. It. And so it was, it was Cleveland and Denver. So really no, it's a, it's a pick them. And, and Cleveland, Cleveland lost. So now we only have two people left in the survivor pool, and I'm, I'm basically negotiating with with at least one of them to try to buy his pick to continue in the survivor pool. And I, like I said, I will take a loss just to win the pool. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's uh, let's go uh, inside. Oh, can I add one thing? No fatal accidents that night that they changed it over to the other side. Really? Yep. That's uh, our friends at Wikipedia have Nice that. little fun fact. So, there, yeah, that was yeah, nice work. We don't want to yeah. have. That's some real producer yeah. stuff. Deep stuff. All right. Anyway, so we're going to go to... Inside the, the bra brain of Blandino. What do you got for us, Joe? All right, let's uh, let's shake it up and see what we got. Jim rules. Guy actually waved someone out of the way so he could see himself in the mirror. <laughs> this, this was random. Hey, bro, actually, bro, move over. It's completely illegal. Like oh, I, I saw God. that. I saw that happen. Now look, I Blow we live whistle. in. I. I, I go to an Equinox in Santa Monica and it's a great gym, but there's a, look, there's a, and I, I don't think this is just here in Santa Monica, but I think there's a, there's a culture right now of this Instagram and, and the, the selfies and the look at me and all that stuff. This guy legitimately waved someone out of the way. <laughs> so he would Did have that a person clear move? view of the mirror, the look on the other guy's face, he didn't know what he was like, what? What are you talking? What? And he's like, like this. And like, so he thought the other guy thought like, am I in the way like of the bench? Am I something going to fall on my head? Like he looked, he literally looked up, looked down. And the guy was like pointed at the mirror. And I was like, he's this He's looking at the mirror. Oh yeah. He's pointing at the, he wants him to move. And I was like, I was so dumbfounded. Like I wanted to record it, but that is, there are there are gym rules and there are some really bad like 
infractions. That's it's one of the worst oh, I've yeah. seen. It seems ba- like a foul. It happens all the time. I yeah. see that. I go to a kickboxing gym, and there's people that videotape them, and then they put them on Instagram, and you see me in the background just huffing and. Pl- this isn't the best I look. No, I'm already not a very attractive dude. I have a voice for radio or a face for radio, but I'm already a pretty unattractive dude. And you got to put me in my worst time sweating. <laughs> there I am in the background. I don't need that public. I uh, I think that's I feel a, like that's a foul too. You can't if you're gonna videotape yourself. Don't have me in the background. Then you have to sign a waiver. Yeah, yeah. I think I think signing a waiver. And even is. the gym does it. I uh, I think in some of these some of these trainers are. It's a bit much the Instagram stuff, but anyway, but that yeah, I think that's a good that's a good uh, a good rule. So the, so can can we amend a rule from the rules expert? Yeah, sure. What's the rule going to be? You can't wave somebody out of the way. Like you got to find a clear path. Yeah, find your own mirror. Like, clear, that guy's clear already path there. rule. Clear path <laughs> rule. If you're gonna go, like I get it. Like if you're <laughs> if you're gonna stand in front of the mirror, like you find a a clear path to the mirror, and give yourself. Don't if you. You got to get close enough to where they're breaking the rule by becoming between you and the mirror. Like if you're if you're 15 feet back, then you have to expect that there's going to be traffic. Fair. That's a good call. So that if you can fit, call. if you can get in front of the mirror and somebody can't legitimately stand between you and the mirror and work out, then you've got that clear path to that mirror. And rule number two, I don't want to be in your background pick. <laughs> and rule number three, the bench is not a tripod. Okay, <laughs> that's for lifting weights, dude. So there you go, three gym rules. Gym rules. All right, let's go to the DM of the week. I want to do two things. I want to do the the tweet of the week and then the DM of the week. So the tweet, at least the tweet, the at me tweet great was was wine dad. It's a great name, wine dad. In Mike from CR, and he just tweeted like, "I love Dean Blandino. I heart." at Dean Blandino. And that made me, I actually showed both of you yeah, because it, because my Twitter page is so negative most of the time that this actually made me feel it tells good. a lot about you. It, it made me feel really I'm good. Happy that, it that someone, that someone on Twitter. And I know Joe is looking at me because he gets upset because I've never compliment him. And I kind of always give him crap. You, you rag on us a little bit, but it's all in good. Now, you know, you've been getting a lot better. If I don't make fun of you, that means I don't like you. So that's the bottom line. Keep it coming then. So, but the DM of the week, this is from, it's actually a series of DMs and I haven't responded, but this is from Danny Lanaba. <laughs> <laughs> and so Danny, you show me these eyes cracking Danny up. on nine thirty nineteen at 6 9 PM was you effing suck. <laughs> and then Danny at 10, 6, 19 at 12 30, 1 PM, get off my effing TV. <laughs> and then you, then on, on Saturday, uh, at 6.01 p.m., get the F off my TV. So I'm going to just keep this going. It's the same thread. I'm just you haven't keep replied. And I have not replied, and we're going to see how far Danny goes. And, uh, and you know, Wine Dad, I've got Wine Dad. I can always you, fall Dad. back on. I can always fall back on Wine Dad. But we're going to see how long Danny goes. And, uh, and hopefully I'm still on your TV, Danny. But you can. Here's the thing. You have the option to change the channel. It's just that's, that's true. That's the way it goes. Check out Gene Steratore on CBS, right? No way. Wow. Oh, <laughs> shots fired. Wow. Shots fired. There it, there it is. Starting a little trouble. <laughs> All right, guys. You know what? That's good calls. No time for a guest this week. Next week, we'll be back with another guest, another great show. Make sure 
You follow me on Twitter at Dean Blandino, Instagram at Dean.Blandino. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Rules Podcast. And be sure to rate our podcast on the iHeartRadio app and on Apple Podcasts. Good Calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.